You're listening to Tiger's Eye, Episode 2. It is today. As I move back through the forest with a freshly killed antelope slung over my shoulder, I pass two hunters from another tribe. From the markings on their armor, I can see they are both tigers of the Sita family, and upon their strong shoulders they share the weight of a long, supple branch, hanging from which is a quagga. I step aside and let them pass, grateful for an extra moment to regather my endurance. They nod in recognition, and I realize I met these two yesterday. What tips me off is the older of the pair, who is missing an eye, and sports a smooth opal in its place. Yesterday I stand at a grand gathering between all the local tiger families. There is a ceremony to honor the hunters, and I glance to my left and spot opal eye. I never forget the feeling of chill that runs through me at the thought of being robbed of half my sight, and the respect that redoubles in me for a hunter who is able to continue nonetheless. His companion is lean, with a tuft of black fur atop his head, his face obscured by an armored mask. Today they pause, and Opali looks me up and down. You carry the beast alone. Did you lose your partner? I am, at first, unsure of how to respond. Today, I hunt alone, is the best I can muster, in a manner that will prevent more questions. They both bow their heads and proceed off towards Sita village. I continue my way and walk to home. Second today. Thank you again, Frau. He is a big one. Plenty of meat for the feast or drying. We certainly won't be short on meat. Skin for clothing, housing, bones for tools, needles, pipes, guts for cord, fat for insulation, burning, pemmican, hooves for glue, antlers for weaponry. Wow. That's two offerings down and one to go. Rest. I do not know how else to say it. After one more, we always need raptor skin for some tougher armor. Besides, the meat is delicious. They roam in abundance near the banks of the Great Serpent River. I will be back. Please, wait! I will be fine. I am walking by the water, ears fighting the roar of rushing current to scan the undergrowth to my right and muddy banks to my left. The scent of the river and the wind that blows along with it masks many smells around me, tangling them. Thus, my best asset is my vision. My thoughts dwell on Opal Eye, and wondering how, with his disadvantage, he would handle this. A strange smell and strange sounds alert me back to spear focus. 
a branch from a cellar tree, is rushing towards me down the thundering river. I tilt my head as additional movement catches my attention. Clinging onto the branch is a small animal. It is clothed, which means it is clever. Either that or some cat from the north has dressed up his pet. But I have never seen anything like this. Panicking eyes spot me and it splashes about and attempts to hide behind the branch, half in the water, gasping, drowning? I find myself asking Haka in my mind, what shall I do? The shaman would say to let it pass. This can only be a bad omen. Do not get involved. I obediently turn away and look to the trees for where to hunt next. The creature squeaks and mews, spluttering and going under the water. Yesterday, little Carol jumps on me while I sleep, wakening me with a playful start. I nip her ear. I am in the river. The water boils around me, deafening and consuming. I grab the wriggling shape and launches back onto the bank. The cellar branch floats off and away. I shake myself off, confused by my own reaction. My mind had been made up. I wasn't thinking, perhaps stricken by madness. I had no intention of rescuing this beast. By the time I turn back to inspect the coughing animal in a puddle on the ground, it has already scurried off. My head turns this way and that, scenting it. I catch it hiding in the hollow of a drago tree some way away, but I do not approach. Instead, I glance over and then turn my back, thinking and considering. It does not emerge, but I hear three telltale clicks as it suppresses sneezes. I sigh and take a strip of dried antelope from my pouch. I approach the drago trunk, stop some yards off, and place the meat on the leaves of the forest floor. I return to my spot, turn my back, and sit. This is foolish. Leave it or kill it. Not much meat for the family. Perhaps a good meal for you. It has emerged. It is creeping forward. The sounds of knees and hands on the leaves, the slightly stronger scent. The food is gone. The small animal has returned to its hidey hole. Tiny scent of meat being chewed. I scan the canopy and spot a sunfruit tree. I am in the tree, retrieving a particularly juicy one. I take another for me and return to the floor. I lay the offering in the same spot and go back to mine. I eat my fruit and wait. The fruit is gone, yet it will still not venture closer to me. My patience dwindles. Then a raptor shows up. Quietly. But I can feel it slinking through the undergrowth licking its jaws. It is making for the tree and the opening of the hollow. 
short, scuttling rushes, checking me for movement. Leave it. This is right. The strange creature does not belong here, and the forest should take him. The reptor opens its mouth wide and hisses. I hear a panic scream, and again carols in my thoughts. I have the reptar's open jaws in my grip, and I force them apart, carefully avoiding the elongated fangs, dribbling, paralyzing venom. A splintering sound, and the beast drops, gurgling, its long, forked tongue lolling. Good skin. Tough. And four absolutely deadly arrowheads. The warriors will be happy with me. Once again, I am disturbed by how my entirely practical decision not to act has been circumvented by instinct. It is looking at me. White eyes wide with brown irises, light brown skin, black fur on its head only. It is still like prey. I turn my back. I will not waste any more effort on this thing. I haul the reptor carcass onto my shoulder, positioning the head to the front so I can keep those fangs safely away. I start to walk. Hey! Hey! There is a call behind me. I do not turn and keep walking. A louder call and some babbling. The creature is following me. I can feel more reptors nearby. Maybe a leopard or two just off to the edges of my perception. I turn and glare at the creature, finally getting a good look at it. It stands on two legs, bare feet on the leaves. Its lower coverings are ragged. It has a shirt on, also ragged, also filthy. It does not quite reach my waist in height. It babbles at me incoherently. First a few sounds, then several in a row. These are its words. It reaches out, both front paws, pads upward, and babbles further. I frown and growl. I do not recognize a word of it, though clearly it wants me to understand. I take an experimental step backwards. It responds by stepping closer. My eyes narrow as I study it, marching around now and waving its arms. This could be a trick orchestrated to lower my guard before it strikes. With what? Slender arms and legs. No strength. In fact, its gait seems to be wavering. Weak with hunger or exhaustion small teeth, no fangs to speak of, no markings on its skin to indicate toxin danger or camouflage. Nothing I can perceive suggests that it could hurt me in any way. It shouts, long and loud, and then loses itself in frantic coughing. I lean in and growl. It shuts up, but raises its chin. Defiant. Then it places a paw on its chest. It says, slowly and deliberately, pointing to itself. Miguel. 
I snort and turn to go. It scampers around in front of me, craning its neck to look up and stare into my eyes. It says again, Oh, no, no. Miguel. Miguel. Then it extends its paw towards me and cocks its head. Durgar. Hasnar. Sher. Krawana. I say, knowing there is no way it could possibly understand the complexities of my name. It blinks, widens its eyes, raises its shoulders, and holds both hands out to the side, level with its head. I do not understand this gesture. I cannot read its face. It says something else, then Miguel again. Miguel. I decide to be lenient for this brief moment. Wow. I say, pressing a pad to my chest. It repeats. He repeats. Wow. Miguel. Wow. He blinks back something, pain or dizziness. He starts to say more, but staggers slightly, steadying himself on a tree. This thing is sick. The forest is teeming. Predators' mouths are watering. A thousand eyes are upon us both. A shaft of moonlight has fallen between us. Miguel pulls himself up and steps forward to stand expectantly, looking at me, holding my gaze. It is a diseased, tiny thing clinging to life. If it gets near the people I care about, it could spread its sickness among them. Or it is a demon in appealing form, a ghost inhabiting the frame of some twisted animal sent to test my resolve and belief. It could prove to be the death of my tribe, my family, the land around us, the whole of Rama. I speak to him. I will leave you here to die. It is the only choice I can make. Two little eyes gaze up at me. I snatch up the creature and throw him over my other shoulder. He weighs almost nothing. If he does not hang on, I will not pick him up. We stalk to home. Harau was played by Maureen Foley. Opal Eye was played by Ian Hopwood. Sachel, played by Sharon Shaw. Miguel, played by Alex Shaw. 
Presented by Spencer Lieb. The main theme is Agent in Shanghai by 1M1 Music, courtesy of Shockwave Sounds. You also heard Whimsy Groove by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Our special sponsors this month were Nick Grugan, Joel Robinson, Russell Osborne, Maureen Foley, James Dower, Ben Hayes, Stefan Gardinia, Kieran Datchler, Lorraine Chisham, Livio Dela Cruz, Scott Corzine, and Erish Traverse. And to everyone else who has been supporting us on the Patreon, a big thank you. Come to the Digital Drift Forum to discuss these shows with the fanbase, or you can post messages directly on the Patreon feed. If you aren't able to support New Century with dollars, there are other ways you can help it grow. Four or five star reviews on iTunes. And if you can make the time to say a few kind words in a review, that all helps the show gain visibility and gets it into the ears of new listeners. And huge thanks go out to this week's iTunes reviewers, Dan Mayer, Omega Little Bob, and Kemi Sunshine. 